Okay, so let me, uh, before we go on here, let me start with the scripture, and we'll do some more testimonies. Uh, let me start with Ephesians 4.11, because you got, we want, we we planted what we're calling uh, a church, it's a house church, which, you know, I mean, I guess that's the way they used to do it. Uh, but everything that we do bows down to training people yeah. to come into the fullness of Christ, all right? Training people to be able to spiritually mature into his likeness. Alright? Good luck finding anyone who believes that's possible, let alone like a leader. Okay? I had to get a whole new set of friends because I started going on this path and they're like, oh no, 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 brother. You know, pat me on the head kind of thing. I'm like, okay, well, good fun, but we're gonna have to gently part ways. <laughs> okay? Here is uh, Ephesians 4. I'm going to read a uh, passage from verse 11. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul writing says, He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, or for their own works of service, and for the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, so good so far. Until. So we have a goal here in mind. Paul is dictating this goal. And this goal is not, you know, something he come up with. I turned the air on it. I might have yeah, got it too chilly. You might check it. Okay. Uh, being a man. And so uh, Paul is dictating to the Ephesians, hey, we have got apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and they have got a job. And their job is to, uh, to mature you until we have a point, right? What is that point, you know? Until you start tithing regularly, I don't know. Whatever, whatever you want to slide the blank there, okay? Here, here is the purpose of the leaders, the leadership of the body of Christ, what we call the church. It says, until we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, okay? Into a complete man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure of the stature of his fullness. I mean, I even had like prophets tell me there's nobody that can heal 100%, 100% of the time. <laughs> I'd say that you're a false prophet. Because it says right here that I'm going to grow into the measure of the stature of his fullness. So everything I'm getting ready to say and do from here on is geared toward, if you are a born-again Christian, is geared towards that, to help you move towards that. And everything that we're doing uh, in our church is geared, everything bows down to this. I don't care whatever the best way to do this is, if we need a tree and an empty lot, we're going to do it in the tree and the empty lot. It just so happens that a living room works really great. So we meet in the living room. It's really easy, because I know, you know, 20, 15, 20 people in the room, you know what's going on in their life. <laughs> you know? You get in a room with 500 people, it's like, whew. You have no idea. So much going on. But you start to know people, and you can begin to speak things and set people free. And how about this? I just have, have the opportunity to ask a question. We, had, we saw one lady, she got set free of a 30-year-long lie just because she could ask a question. Right? What happens if you ask a question at Big Church? The guy with the little thing in his ear comes by. Come on, man, we're going to take you on and escort you on out here. <laughs> All right? That's a little extreme. 
But this whole thing is set up for this purpose. All right, let's talk about it real quick. Two things happened before God said, let there be light. Okay? Did you know that God had a plan in place before he created anything? Okay? The first thing he decided was that uh, Christ would be crucified. All right? From before the foundation of the world, Peter writes, Christ was crucified. The second thing is, well, let's say three because I like this one too. The second thing is that he chose us to be in him. All right? The third thing is that he predestined us to do some good works. All right? What are those good works? It's the good works that Jesus did. All right? All right? So we'll just get that straight. Now, so we've got a plan in place. We've got a plan in place. And this plan is going to reign supreme throughout all the ages. And in the fullness of time, we have Jesus show up. Now, we have got a mess happening. James went over that thing where uh, God said, have dominion in the earth. And, and then, uh, the, you know, the devil came and beguiled man. And through the sin of one man, death entered the world. And, boy, it was so good back then. There's no death, no sickness. It's wonderful. Then death entered the world. And Satan became the ruler of this world. How do we know that? Because when he tempted Jesus in the desert, he took him up on a high mountain. He says, all these kingdoms belong to me, and I can give them to you. All right, there you go. So this world, up to that point, belonged to Satan. Why? Because man had been given dominion of it. The heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to the what? Men. The sons of men. You know that scripture. Okay. Now, if it is ours, listen, nobody in this place can give my house away but me. It is my house. I mean, my bank kind of owns it. <laughs> the, the example does break down at some point. But nobody can give my house away, but I can give it away to anybody. I mean, we had to give it away a car before. That car was paid off. I owned it. I can give it to whoever I want. All right? Now, the deed, the title, the ownership goes to whoever I give it to. And because of sin, because of disobedience, Adam surrendered his dominion to the father of death. So death entered the world. Now, God knew that was going to happen. God was not surprised. He wasn't like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? You know, have a serious conversation. Sit down with Jesus like, Jesus, I may have to ask you to do something very hard. No, no, no. There was a plan in place because the entire time, this plan was always about God's kingdom being uh, set up in this created realm carried on the shoulders of a son. Not a son made from dust, but a son from heaven. Not the first Adam, but the last Adam, Paul writes about Jesus. The last Adam who came to become the firstborn of a new race of humanity called the Son. Yeah. Now we got something cooking because in Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now you go. Alright? So now, but, you know, instead of this kind of a militant command, like we call it the Great Commission, but it's a command. Just start calling it the Great Command. Alright? The Great Suggestion. The Great, if you feel like it. The Great Command is <laughs> to go into all the world. Okay, do what? Oh, yes. Uh, pray a prayer. Dear Jesus, if I would die tonight. Okay, you know how the rest of that goes. But, remember that scripture, Isaiah 9, 6 or 7, whatever it was I quoted? Unto us a son is given, a son is born, and he got something coming with him. It's called the government of God. It's called the kingdom. 
It's called the dominion. Yes. It's called the, what we call the good news. The good news is the supremacy and the superiority of the kingdom of God over all things through Jesus yeah. Christ. Why is that good? Because that means you don't have to stay stuck in the race of the first Adam anymore. You no longer have to stay stuck underneath the tyranny of the kingdom of darkness. Well, you know, God's trying to teach me a lesson with this cancer. I should have learned my lesson. Well, why do you want chemotherapy? Just learn your lesson and die. Right? Maybe you never thought that out. Jesus died for you to become a son who has all dominion over all sickness and disease and over all demons and devils. Now, you may not know this verse, this verse but let's bring it into the conversation. Daniel 2.44. Daniel prophesies. He says... This kingdom is destined to consume all nations. This kingdom is destined to consume all nations. You want a positive confession? What do I, how do I pray over my city? This kingdom is destined to consume all nations. All right? So we got something cooking here. We got something active. We got something living. Uh, John the Baptist, or, or who said that? Matthew? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. What is happening in our midst? What happened with Jesus? Jesus came as the firstborn among many brothers or many just like him and he died and he rose again and our sins were canceled for the express explicit purpose of one thing. That is the baptism and indwelling of God Himself by His Holy Spirit in a Son. Remember we have been created, uh, predestined to be conformed into His likeness. What is Jesus? Let's just break it down real quick. Real simple. Jesus is a sinless man. Agreed? Uh -huh. Jesus is indwelt by God's Spirit. Agreed. Was he a man? Yes. Yes. It says he stripped himself of everything that made him God. You want to know something else? Just a little flip your lid. Jesus never did a single miracle of himself. He says, it's not me who does the works. He says, the spirit of my father. Okay. All right. Let's look at ourselves. Have your sin, if you are born again, have your sins been canceled? Yes. Yes. I, I don't know where you all are at with this, but I hope. You have been baptized in the Holy Spirit yes. and fire. If you have, say, I have. I have. Okay. Now, do we have not? Do we not have a sinless man indwelt by God's Spirit? Yes. And did Jesus not say, "You will trample on serpents and scorpions, and all that good stuff"? You know, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And get this: we're talking about the kingdom. He said nothing by any means shall harm you. Whoa. What? Where are those people? They, those who believe shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Whoa. Where are those people? Where are they? How did we get there? That's what's called the gap. <laughs> we have got a gap here between Jesus and us. But let me tell you, the entire purpose of Jesus Christ is to get the Spirit of God in you. It's called the promise of Abraham, by the way. That poured the Holy Spirit into man. 
to get the Spirit of God in you that you could walk in supremacy and superiority over all things. The Spirit of God in me exerts full dominion over all sickness and all disease, over every demon and devil, over all principalities and powers. And yeah. nothing by any means shall harm me. Okay. You feel you feel the authority, the dominion. Look, that's not because I have a charismatic personality. <laughs> like, before all this happened, I was like, Kaylee, you know what a really good idea would be? Is to go build a cabin in the woods with no freaking driveway. No way, nobody can find us. <laughs> and I can sit there in peace and not talk to anybody. Alright? Well, this is good news for us. Because whatever is on you, that's overcoming you, we can push it off. That's right. Now, this is, now remember I talked about the the path is narrow, and few are they that find it. You have been conditioned, you have been coaxed, you have been molded, you have been stuffed into a tiny little box, and told, been told what you could and could not do in XYZ Church. Okay? But Jesus did not come to start a new religion. He did not come to start a Sunday morning service. He came with a kingdom. Amen, yeah. Now, all you revival people, <laughs> listen to this. Wherever you're sitting, Warsaw, uh, where are we at right now? Joplin. You still live in Joplin? I'm trying to find somebody else. Garbage. Okay. Let me tell you what. Revival, look, I have been, most people say, oh, yes, we love revival. Okay, they haven't been in it. They don't know what they're talking about. You know what revival is? When the reality of Almighty God and His presence is so apparent that you melt in a pool on the floor. That's revival. Okay? I met some, like, we were out the other day, and met this guy. He's like, oh, we're having this revival. Like, oh, tell me more. I was like, well, today's the last day. <laughs> Oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Whatever city you're from, your city is destined to be consumed with the kingdom of God. I'm not going to look this up because if I start going through scriptures, I'll be here all night. Let's talk about this real quick. What does this look like practically? Listen, Jesus is training these guys, his disciples. He's training this bunch. And he sends them out in Luke chapter 10. He says, uh, it says, you know, he gives a little discourse about it. And then he says, go into all the cities where I myself am about to enter. When you get there, heal the sick who are there. Wait, is that the Bible? Heal the sick who are there. Nope. Yeah, it is. Heal the sick who are there. Did you know that was in the Bible? Did you know? I mean, this is a group of 70 people. He's sitting out two by two. So at least 35 cities, towns, villages. Did you know that those men went, this is a several month long journey, and eradicated sickness and disease in at least no less than 35 cities? Go study it. We did now, well, that was those guys. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's jump to Matthew 28. Go, all authority has been given to me. Go into all the nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, making disciples, teaching them to obey all the things I have commanded you. What is a disciple? It's someone who has been taught to obey all the yeah. things that Jesus commanded his original disciples. Sure. Like that's his beef. You remember the scripture, uh, where is this at? It's at the end of Matthew or Revelation when uh, Jesus is like, hey, how'd you get here? He's like, we're like, well, we did this and this. He's like, but you didn't keep my commands. James mentioned it earlier and uh, Jesus' mom and brother showed up and he's in this house preaching up a sword about the kingdom. That's all Jesus talked about. And he's in there and uh, they're like, oh, hey, Jesus, your brother and brothers are here. You might want to spend some time with them. It would be rude to ignore them. What did he say? The rudest, most unchristian thing you could ever say. The my mothers and brothers are the ones who do the will of my father. Okay? Listen. How do you know if you're saved? Well, I prayed a prayer. I had a, a goosebump. <laughs> Felt better after the Okay, I'll tell you, it's real easy. Are you doing the will of the Father? Are you obeying the commands of Jesus? My family, he said, are those who obey my commands. Look, you're not going to build any mega churches this way. That's why we meet in a living room. <laughs> okay? Jesus sent his disciples out into these cities and said, Heal the sick who are there. Could you imagine? Joplin, Missouri, Warsaw, Missouri eradicating sickness and disease, liberating thousands with this kingdom. What is the kingdom? It is where the will of God is done. Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. And they're like, hey, teach us, Jesus. He said, I'll teach you. Pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This earth and all the things that are present in it are in the process of passing away. But this kingdom will never go away. And those who are in it will have everlasting life. Now, we got something, we got a real decision to make here. Because we know it is possible to heal 100% of the time. We know that it is possible to eradicate cities of sickness and disease. But good luck finding anybody who can teach you how to do it. Okay, so I'm like, well, I've been to heaven. I've heard the Father's voice. I didn't get to see his face. I don't know what's up with that. But I found like three scriptures that says he veils himself behind a, a, a thick cr a cloud and heavy smoke. Right? It says that in Psalms, and that's what happened on the Mount, uh, <clears throat> Mount uh, what is that? Is it Sinai? Yeah, when he came down, it's like, ooh, smoke and lightning. That's the God I got. That's the one I got. <clears throat> so I'm like, ah. I've had the voice. I've been there. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this marching order. I'm getting this thing in me. So I'm like, okay. I don't know anybody else doing this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to eradicate sickness and disease from my city. By myself. So I get in my truck. I pray up. Man, I prayed in tongues for like four or five hours. I get in my truck on a Saturday morning, and I drive way out of town to this nasty trailer park, man. I just started with the worst nastiest, run down, no windows or doors, cats, dead animals, I mean, woo, stinky. Uh, my wife is like washing my clothes as soon as I get home. She's like, you are not wearing that anymore. That's <laughs> 
And you know the first place I went into, I pulled in there and I'm like, I have the supremacy and the superiority of the kingdom of God. The spirit that is in me exerts full dominion over all sickness and disease. And I pulled in there and I did a U-turn and came right back out. <laughs> I drove right, drive around a little bit. And so I drove through there and I'm like, okay, just get a grip, would you? So I went in there and I went through my first door. I got myself, I made myself some tracks. Dude, I can't believe we don't have any in here right now. <clears throat> Judy, you should go out there and get that box. Okay, so go out the other door, please. So I went in there and I got my little tracks. I didn't like any of the tracks. You know what I used to do before I was born again? I used to give tracks to people I didn't like. You know? I used to give tracks and be like, here's a homosexual track. I'm pretty sure they're gay. You ever read those tracks? The chick tracks? Yes. Anyway. So I wrote my own. You're going way back, Clint. The chick tracks? Come on, man. They're like cartoon tracks. So I made my own tracks and I went out there about the kingdom of God becoming the sun. All this stuff. And I knocked on my first door. Whew, my, I couldn't even feel my legs. They were jelly. <laughs> but you know what those people at your door are like? How did God know to send you to us today? And I'm like, oh, that's all I need. Now I'm off to the races. And we start going door to door. Here's what we say. Because what, what are we doing? We're not building a ministry. We're not gathering a following to ourselves. We're uh, equipping saints until they reach the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Until they can, uh, God, I want to teach about six months worth of stuff in five minutes. I can't. Until their soul life begins to exude the very nature of God Himself. Yes. What does the nature of God do? It sets captives free. It heals the sick and disease. It makes bodies whole. It raises the dead. It does all the commands that Jesus said to do. Heal the sick, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Okay. So, Go out there, and we begin to go through all this, and we begin to see things pop. We begin to see things happen. I'm like, hey, I'm starting to get good at this. I'm starting to like get results, and we start growing in this. And then James, like, you know, James gets saved for real, like he said. He's like, I think I'm supposed to go out with you. And so I'm like, okay, come on. And so we start discipling James, and I'm starting to teach him. Listen, you want to know the secret? You're walking in the measure of the stature of his fullness. You have to divorce yourself from the fear of man. You have to divorce yourself from intimidation. And you have to divorce yourself from your own soul who wants to suck the life out of everyone around you and draw attention to yourself. You have to cut it off. How do you know if you have a problem in your soul? I don't know. Check your opinion. It emerges from your soul. You know, by the way, where does unbelief happen? It happens in your soul life. Okay? You can be born again speaking in tongues and completely ignoring God. Everyone's, everyone is very familiar with the God on the throne. We worship that God. We do banners. We have conferences about that God and sing songs about that God. But they have completely abdicated the whole entire uh the whole entire what Paul calls, the, Paul calls the mystery of the ages, which is God in us. Remember that spirit thing indwelling a sinless man? And we're calling on God, come down, God, and fix this problem, God. 
Would you come down and fix this thing in the United States? Would you come down and fix Ukraine? But he ain't going to do it. Because he has put perfect humanity in the likeness of the man of heaven on the planet with all authority, with all ability, with the supremacy and the superiority of the kingdom of God. Who is going to fix the planet? It's us. It says that he has been seated in glory and he is, you know, you know what Jesus is doing? He is waiting. He is waiting. He is waiting, the Bible declares, for all of his enemies to be made in Switzerland. Who's going to do that? We are. I am. I am. Dude. I don't care. Listen, you see this thing that's on me? I'm a nut. We had a gun pulled on us today. You don't feel that, do you? He pulled the trigger. You don't feel that, do you? I was telling Alberto, Beto went out with us for the first time today. Just got born again a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever. He didn't flinch. That's like Beto, no matter what, don't flinch. He didn't flinch. I didn't tell you. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> there, we didn't get shot. Alright. How do we come into the measure of the stature of his fullness? If you want that, there is a recipe. I'm not saying it's like a formula. But I'm saying that it's laid out in the New Testament. I'm saying that you can't have it. I'm saying that if you're fed up and you're fed up of blaming everybody else for being fed up, you can have this life. You can have this freedom. Let me sh share a couple testimonies. So, let me tie off this story I didn't finish. So we started, we planted this church in a living room. And here's our goal. We're going to replicate leaders who walk in the measure of the stature of its fullness, who uh, establish their own house church, right? And begin to train others in it. And we just train and, and uh, duplicate. We train and duplicate. Could you imagine a thousand house churches of like 20 some people? Who teach like I'm teaching tonight in this city or in your city? Yeah. Dude, it's over for the devil. Yeah. It's freaking over. And we are not going to quit. All right. Yeah. So everything we do bows down to that. And that's kind of the reason we're having our gathering here tonight. It's because, you know, typically this would be like, hey, let's bring all of our house churches together. Well, I mean, we do. We did. We only have one. <laughs> You're all here. Okay. But we're trying to get this message out. This understanding, this enlightenment, that we're not waiting on God to do anything. He's waiting on us to die to self and to walk in the supremacy and superiority that comes with the Spirit of God. Yeah. That's how you get this to happen. Here's a testimony. She said, I was in stage four ovarian cancer. Uh... The doctor said, there's too many to count. This is the text message from the lady. Can you imagine stage four cancer? There's too many to count. Too many tumors to count. That sucks. That's a bad day. What kind of counsel is she going to get from the kingdom of God? Well, you must have sinned, sister. Well, you know, only God, God only heals a few. If it be your will, God, let's just... Pray and see what the Lord will do. I mean, nobody prayed like that in the New Testament. 
What did Jesus do? He commanded and he spoke. Okay? So we got this lady, stage four cancer. By this time, we heard about it, she's already in a wheelchair. I mean, I guess because of the cancer, but honestly, more, more because of the treatment, right? The treatment made her. The treatment put her in a wheelchair. She's got, she's getting the last bit of her uh, chemo thing. She's got machines, she's got the wheelchair, she's gonna die. And, well, we heard about it. So what we did was we took one of these things, only it was a t-shirt. There were all those t-shirts we had printed up. We put them to good use, buddy. We got one of these things, and we put our hands on it. And we said, cancer and the spirit of cancer, we break your power now. And so they went and they took it and they put it on her. Here's what she said. I have been crying in joy since Tuesday morning. After they did the various scans, because when they put that t-shirt on her lap, she got out of the wheelchair. And then, over a course of time, the numbers start changing on the machines. And they're like, well, we're going to have to rescan this lady. Something's haywire. So they put her back down in the basement, into the tube thing to rescan the body that had too many tumors to count. <clears throat> the tech said, they scanned her, the tech said, hang out for a few minutes. We might need another scan. <laughs> Can you feel what's coming? And she says, then they repeated everything. Oh, that stinks. You have to redo all these tests, go back to the MRI thing, the tube, rescan the body. <clears throat> They repeated everything. I thought to myself, they can't see any cancer. And they think it's a mistake. And I knew that God had healed me. But it was amazing to actually see it on the computer. <laughs> my doctor put both scans up side by side. The first scan, too many tumors to count. We're talking a whole body scan. It was tumors head to toe. On top of each other. Two scans side by side. You can see all the cancer in the first one and the absence of the cancer in the second. Proof of God's mercy in black and white. Now, I could keep you here for hours telling you testimonies. Crazy stuff. Amazing stuff. Instant healings. We can do this. You can have it. So we decided we're going to go door to door systematically neighborhood by neighborhood. And we're going to knock on this door. You want to know what we say? We say, hey, my name is Clint, and this is Levi. All my kids go out with me, Judah. We have two teams that go out. And uh, we belong to a group of folks who are devoted to the eradication of sickness and disease in this area. And we're in your neighborhood today healing the sick in the name of Jesus. Who in your house needs to be healed? This is what some of them do. They begin to weep. We were in a house last weekend. That woman, yeah. what was her name? Christy or something? Christy and then Dylan. Yeah. Okay. She begins to weep on the porch. Because hope has arrived. Remember what the good news is? It is the supremacy and the superiority of the kingdom of heaven over all things. She begins to weep because I'm telling her, we are here to heal. And I give her some testimonies. And she's a blubbering mess. She never stopped blubbering for however long we were in there. She didn't ever quit. But we went in there. Her son had Crohn's disease and had been 
had this raging fever for like a few days, like a week, five days or something, okay? And she had had some kind of a debilitating accident where she had, her back was messed up, couldn't bend over in constant pain. All right, what do you do about this situation? Well, we just came to invite you to church. Uh, we're having a potluck on Wednesday. Uh, we really think, you know, this is a church where it's about you, and everyone just really feels at home here. That is not the gospel. That is no. There's nothing there about the gospel. What do we do? I take Dylan's hand. And I put my hand on his forehead. And it's like you could freaking fry an egg on that head. That's how hot he was. And I said, infirmity and the spirit of infirmity, I break your power now in Jesus' name. And I can feel coursing through me the power of God. I turned to the mom. I said, Mom, what about you? She's like, I grabbed her. I didn't even know what was wrong with her. She's like, I had an accident. I said, in Jesus' name, be made whole from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet right now. And I said, I don't know if you could or couldn't do anything, but if you were hindered in any way because of this accident, start doing what you couldn't do. And she goes, Whoop. Yep. And you were there. <laughs> yeah. And she bent all the way to the floor, and then she had this look when she came back up, and then she starts crying again. Because all the pain left, level seven pain, constant pain. And she said, oh, the pain's gone. Matt's like, hey, is the pain gone? She's like, oh, yeah, but my back is different. <laughs> like she said, all the, the stiffness and like her back was like seized up. She said, she was in amazement about that. And I said, and she was instantly healed. I said, Dylan, what about you? He said, that fever just broke. I felt, I felt it leave. Weeping. We were in a trailer park uh, over on Zora, huge, like 100 trailer houses over there. <clears throat> we went up this one lady, not born again, and the COVID thing's going on, and so we're praying through the door with people and all this. And so I just put my hand up because she doesn't know us. We go from zero to healing the sick and leading people to the Lord and speaking in tongues in like less than five minutes, okay? So she's behind the door, doesn't know these two weird guys, two men on her porch, I mean, they're going to take my money and kill me or something else. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I just need prayer. Okay. I'm like, all right. In Jesus name, I lift my hand up and the power of God begins to course out of me. And this woman begins to break down in front of us. And I, I, I just, I'm just speaking peace and life into her. And you know what she said? I said, what is happening to you? And she said, uh, she's like crying. And I said, What's going on? What does it feel like? She says, it feels like hell. Can you believe that? She said, it feels like hell. She is not born again. What kind of thing has to come off of you to cause a not born again person to say, this feels like hell? But that is exactly who we are. This is, we have been made to be indwelt by the Spirit of God who has full dominion over all things. And we have been made to exercise it. You know what that means? Dude, you don't have to live with the craziness in your brain anymore. Yeah, I mean, you can keep it if you want. But we have been given the mind of Christ. Whatever mind that Jesus has on the throne right now, peace, power, strength, we can have it. You don't have to live with pain, sickness, disease, weakness. You can let, you know what's better than divine healing? Divine health. Yeah. How about we have 
How about we have a group of people who walk in divine health? And you're looking at one. I do. I walk in divine health. I mean, sometimes I feel it come on me. And I can push it off. That happened to James, like I think, for the first time. You know why? Because we teach how to do it. Here's what we teach. We go through a 24-week training cycle. Now, you went, you were in, uh, what rank were you? Marines? <laughs> Army? You only went to boot camp once, I'm assuming. I don't even know if you go twice. They're like, not going to invite you back if you plug out. <laughs> they have the science of creating soldiers down to a team. Do they not? They don't come in, they're like, well, we're just going to be led today and see what kind of training we come up with. Uh, we might release early. just depends uh, on the mood of the spirit. <laughs> they know they're going to drill this dude to death. They're going to brainwash him, shave his hair, uh, and, and cut him down to size, equip him to become a soldier who wins. All right? Now, we should be the same way. We shouldn't be just floating around, you know, going from teaching to teaching. That's what it says in the next verse uh, in Ephesians 4, where Paul said, To the measure of the statue of his fullness, so that we may no longer be like children blown around by every wind of doctrine. I don't know about your city, but that's Joplin. It's a herd of kids roaming from one church to another. We, so we teach a 24 tra- month, uh, 24 week training cycle. That's six months, and then we start over. Because we have got it down. What does it take to create a disciple? Dude, you wouldn't like any of it. <laughs> but the little girl whose sis got healed loves it. Yeah. And the ladies with fibromyalgia who don't have it anymore love it. By the way, we go put our hands on dead people. Several last year. They're coming. No, we haven't got one yet. That's what You let me get a dead person. And you know who I'm calling first? Shannon freaking Becker. Shopping news first. I got some real damn news for you. So we've got this thing down. And we understand the path. And it is severe and costly. It will cost you everything. It costs me everyone. It costs me family. It costs me quote unquote friends. But the thing is, if you cut ties and do what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. That means... You cut ties with who you are and what you prefer, your opinions, your desires, your little selfish preferences. You cut ties with them, with that thing, and you join an army who cannot be defeated. Everything, if you seek first the kingdom, everything in your life puts the mission first. What is the mission? That the kingdom of God will consume all yes. nations. Daniel 2.44. Jesus said it like this. Go into all the nations and make disciples. Yeah. This thing, man, we are going to win this thing. There are going to be a people, let's just blow your mind and I'll be done. There are going to be a people on this earth who walk in divine health, who heal 100%, 100% of the time, who nothing by any means can harm them, who eradicate entire cities of sickness and disease. It is coming. What you can't have is that and your happy little Christianity thing. You've got to enlist as a warrior, as a soldier, get disciplined. Right, Logan? Yeah. Talked about that last week. 
What was the thing I said to you? Oh, it's it the Spirit of God. Now I can't bring it back to my brain. Put up or shut up. Isn't that what I said to you? Put up or shut up. Hey, let's have a prophetic word. Okay, put up or shut up. <laughs> put up or shut up, body of Christ. And those of you who have who are in torment and have not met the Jesus I'm talking about, you can have him tonight if you want him. You can be liberated of the thing that's on your mind, that's on your heart, the torment, the anxiety, the fear. I mean, maybe you're a Christian and that's all you do is deal with anxiety, deal with fear. You're just getting beat up by, by demons. You are. There is no higher spiritual being on this planet than you. Okay? There is no higher spiritual being. And once you realize that, you can begin to walk in and just get fed up. Just get fed up with getting beat up. Just get fed up with sickness and disease. Just get fed up with your family getting ripped off. Just get fed up with it and do something about it. You know what you do? You, mom, and dad, you become a disciple like the one I'm talking about. Follow me. How do you like that? Follow me. That's what I tell people. Follow me. James did. Follow me. Well, who do you think you are? I make disciples. Who are you? You can have it. You can be liberated. You can be free, and you can join this thing, and your life will never be the same. And I wanted to tell you like a whole bunch more testimonies. Ah, let's take one real quick. Good, good, good. All right, Jesse and Danny, I told us a hundred times. We went to a trailer park, and that place stunk. Oh my gosh, it stunk. Junk piled up in the corners. Let me talk about poverty. It was a dump on the inside of a trailer. And we went in there. Me? Who was the first time? Me, you, and Judah. We go in there, and it's mom and daughter. Mom is like probably 80, and daughter is like 50 or something. Yeah. No teeth. I mean, they, they look like, they look the part. Okay, mom's got stage three cancer, had the breast removed, and the cancer is back, and it's left all the way around her body, and a constant level 10 pain. Okay, so we go in there with the supremacy and the superiority over all things. And we tell them, hey, listen here. I got some stories for you. We tell them some stories. And now, are you ready? We're going to pray. So I take her hand, and she just starts crying. <clears throat> because in just a few seconds, all that pain left her, and it stayed left. Okay, she was healed. But while we were praying, the daughter, who James was over here by, goes, oh! <laughs> or something like that, right? And, and we're like, What's going on? She's like, something left. <laughs> We're healing cancer, and the devil, whatever the name was in there, holding those people captive, se fue. He left. He took off. And she's like, oh, something left me. Right? And Judah was like, I felt it go. And James was like, I definitely felt it go. <laughs> well, that's a great, happy story. She, man, her whole countenance changed. Man, sometimes we see people born again, we watch their face contort and become a new person. Remember that one guy who was like kind of Muslim or whatever in the trail with the guy with the leg? <clears throat> we were this close to his face. And I said, your sins are forgiven. And his face changed. <laughs> All right. So, great. Jesse's healed. We left. We split. Well, two weeks later, we get another phone call. The daughter 
has been in a car accident and been T-boned. Now these are very poor people. They cannot go to the hospital and pay for anything, get in the ambulance pay for anything. They can't hardly pay for anything anyway. And she calls me because I give my personal number to everybody. We've been to about like 2,500 homes in job. Everybody's got my number. And so we show up, me, Levi and Haley. We show up there and she's in pain, man. She's like, I mean, she, she, she's not, she's got not gotten any help. Um, whatever damage has been done to her ribs, she knows because she didn't have an x-ray, but they're either very badly bruised or broken. And she has no use of her shoulder or arm. She can't move it because she's in pain, 10, 10 level pain all of a sudden. And so what do we do? We just take her hand. In the name of Jesus, trauma, leave. Body, be made whole. And then we step away. And he's looking at her. And then she starts to move around. And all the pain. And she goes, Mama, look, I can move my arm. And she was instantly healed. Car wreck, traumatic injury. 